Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a blind spot, and I'm right away. Ain't no stopping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Yes, yes, yo, welcome to another Friday night edition of Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed, tell a friend to tell a friend to lie that we are live on the airwaves right now, and we have a whole lot to get for you in store tonight. Later on, around the 845 mark, I got my man LC, the artist, in the studio. We're going to be talking about his new music, his uh, A3C gig, and a whole lot more. Uh, we also got to talk about Kendrick's possible subliminal Led Drake. We got to talk about Cardi B calling out dark-skinned women. We also got to call out, or not call out, we also got to discuss J. Cole speaking out for uh, Colin Kaepernick and all that good stuff. But... Before we get to all that, you guys already know how we do, man. Um, I got to get some stuff off of my chest, as I normally do at the opening of each and every episode. So on that note, I think it's time to uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to talk about was an article that I saw on the internet um, not too long ago, maybe a couple of days ago at most. And basically, it has to do with Chance the Rapper. So as you guys already know, Chance the Rapper's killing the game right now. He's killing the, the streams. He's killing the uh, critical acclaim. He's doing all that good stuff. Uh, he had an interview with uh, Bar- uh, Bobito Garcias uh, on one of their podcasts. Uh, and basically, he was um, crediting Kanye West for making the image of being yourself cool. And there's a lot of truth to that. But before I get into my point of view on it, uh, this is what he had to say in the matter. Uh, so first of all, stretch of the uh, the co-host of the show, he basically said the construct of the bad boy image was very common. Um, and then it was a darker time, <laughs> Bobito added on. And then basically uh, Chance the Rapper chimed in and he basically said, um, if you're rapping about being on the block, that you need to take selfies on the block. And again, a little, little bit of a jab here and there. But they're basically just giving credit to Kanye West on bringing the positive image light into hip-hop as far as the mainstream goes. Now, Kanye wasn't the first to do it, but he definitely popularized it. And if not for him, we wouldn't be having guys like Chance the Rapper. We wouldn't be having guys like Drake, J. Cole, Wale. Like, basically, the new school rappers that you saw from 07 and onward, like Kid Cudi, Big Sean, those guys, the cool kids, we wouldn't have gotten that if it hadn't been for the popularity of Kanye West in 04 as a solo artist. And I think we owe a, a debt of gratitude to Kanye for that. Now, despite what he currently is as of right now, I think we should still give him some respect in that regard as far as what he brought. Because if you think about it, before Kanye, like I would say – Early 2000s, you had your bling rappers. So Jay-Z kind of fit in that bling era. So did Ja Rule. So did Nelly. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different time. But, of course, you kind of had to overcompensate if you were, let's say, a preteen or if you were in college at those times. Like, if you weren't flashing, then you probably weren't getting any play because of all the imagery that was being force-fed to us. And then in the mid-2000s, that's when you had guys like 50. You had guys like Lil Wayne 
who are a bit more overly aggressive, who are like that hyper masculine black male basically saying, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot your family, I'll do all this. Uh, and then again, in the mid 2000s, you had other guys like Dipset who kind of perpetuated that stereotype. Also, guys talking about they were selling cracks, thinking this, thinking that. There wasn't really anywhere that you can maneuver around if you were growing up as a teenager in hip hop because you had to emulate that to a certain degree in order to, you know, get looks by women and what have you. Um, and then Kanye West came around and he basically changed the format of that. He basically said, no, I'm out here wearing polos. I'm out here wearing a Louis Vuitton backpack. I'm out here, you know, wearing, you know, slim fit jeans. And I got the world spinning on my own axis. So we have Kanye to thank for that. And then from him, we got Lupe Fiasco talking about skateboards, anime, cartoons, spaceships, and what have you. So not only did it make it cool to be yourself, but he almost made it cool to be a nerd in this era. And then from there, you had the cool kids. And then you had B.O.B. And then you had J. Cole. And then you had all these other contemporaries come out and express how it is to be themselves. And I feel like that was really important in hip-hop because we hadn't really seen a whole lot of that since, and I'll be honest, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon was probably the last person before Kanye West to really be himself in rap. But because of the era that he was in, that early, that late 90s, early 2000s era where everyone had to be hard, had to be a gangster, had to be flashing bling-blingy, we didn't take him seriously. We thought this guy's corny as hell. He's a cornball. He's a joke. Even though he got compared to Will Smith and we hold Will Smith to a higher regard because he brought hip-hop to the mainstream through television. But nonetheless, Nick Cannon got clowned at for, for that. And I never understood why people clown Nick Cannon. Um, and then before Nick Cannon, I think the last remnants of that Be Yourself rapper that we really idolized was, again, Will Smith, the Fresh Prince. Other than that, you had the Native Tongues movement, which was De La Soul, A Tribe Called Quest. We had those guys, but they weren't really on a mainstream level. They're more of like a niche market, whereas Will Smith had the world of mainstream in the palm of his hands, basically. And everyone gave him his respect for that, and rightfully so. But then when Nick Cannon tried to take that mantle, nobody was really messing with him. People are messing with him now because, I guess, because he stepped away from the mic and became more of a mogul. But even on the mic, he wasn't terrible. Like, I choose him over Young Thug or Lil Yachty any day of the week. Let's be honest, people. I feel like if you look back or if you listen to his older material, you'll be like, okay, he actually wasn't bad. He was decent. And he stayed in his lane. That was the important thing. He never tried to be a gangster. He never tried to be a drug dealer, any of that. He knew what his lane was, and he catered to that lane. You also have to give credit to a man for being a quote-unquote bubble rapper, bubblegum rapper, yet doing records with big names like Busta Rhymes, at the time, Chingy. Um, also, R. Kelly, who had his... Biggest hit at the time with Gigolo in 03. That was a big record. Let's not front that that wasn't a big record. Either way, all I'm saying is to bring everything back to a close is that we shouldn't clown people for being themselves, even if it's not the image that, you know, brings in all the headlines. It isn't the quote-unquote sexy image, basically. Um, I feel like people should also view those images that they see in media and not take them to heart. If anything, just take it for entertainment value because if you're a guy – and you're looking at a woman like Cardi B, for example, and you want your woman to be like Cardi B, then you're going to be out searching for the wrong woman, basically, because of what she represents from an entertainment perspective. It doesn't really translate in a positive light in real life because all you're going to end up with is a bunch of baby mama drama for the most part. And then for the ladies as well, if you're looking at media and you say you want a man like, I don't know, like let's say Trey Songs, for example, you're going to be spending a lot of nights crying on your pillow, basically. So... Accept a man for who he is. Accept a woman for who she is. Leave the entertainment stuff out of it because at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. It's not, it's not real life. You have to find the difference 
and the dividing line between real life and entertainment and know how to differentiate between the two. Do you guys agree with me? Do you guys disagree with me? Either way, let me know. Hit me up uh, on Twitter at cool underscore radio. Also, speaking of handles, we do have a new Instagram page. It is at CoolRadioCC, and I will make sure to change all my Cool Radio-related handles to that handle so you find everything that's more accessible. So make sure you keep on the lookout for that. Coming up after the commercial break, man, I still got my man, LC, the artist, in the studio. We are going to be talking about some new music that he has on the way, also a whole bunch of other things that we need to discuss. But before we get to that, man, we have... Another story to get to, most definitely. And the story that I want to, or not even a story, actually uh, more music to get to, rather. I'm getting a little ahead of myself right now. Uh, the music that I want to get to right now, <clears throat> pardon me, it's um, from an artist by the name of Grains North. He came by here a few weeks ago, and he dropped this record right here called Through Hell. So we're going to play that, and after that, we got Elsie coming up. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is yet another edition of Cool Radio. And as promised, I do have my guest for the evening. Now, this gentleman right here was on our show about three years ago, give or take. But we were at a previous campus at the time. But now he's a first-time guest at our new digs over here at Maximum FM. This guy has had a lot going on between then and now. He is now going to be one of the headliners for the A3C Festival later on in October. But he also has another show coming up uh, next week. Wednesday, to be exact, in Toronto, which is going to be hosted by Marlon Palmer, a.k.a. that dude McFly. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of that and more, but, ladies and gentlemen, the man I am talking about is none other than the Lionheart himself, LC, the artist. LC, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes, it's an yes. honor to be back here. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, to be in this new space, but back here Exactly, you. yeah. You know, just so, you know, redecorating, <laughs> you know, got a, you got, know? A new, got a new contractor and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I switched teams like Paul George, you know. I mean, <laughs> we do what we got to do. It is what it is. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, but yeah, man, like like I said, man, it's been a while since you've been back, man. So tell us what you've been up to uh, between uh, then and now. Uh, for the most part, I've just kind of been... I, I've Okay, so last time we talked, I'm trying to think it was either Mainstream, <laughs> yeah. the first Mainstream, uh -huh. or uh, Leo Soul. Right. So let's go with Mainstream because right. that's kind of where I got a lot more momentum online as well. Right. Um, and since then... I've just kind of been working on music. I've been working with a with a smaller team. Yeah. And I've been taking more time uh finishing my songs. Right. Uh not just like before I used to oftentimes just like record mm -hmm. and then that day that I record I'm like that's the song. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot more revisiting on my content and seeing what I could fix or what I could change to better it. Mm -hmm. Um not not everything's necessarily broken, but it, it's mm -hmm. better to kind of go back with fresh airs again and exactly. listen and get that feedback from the team. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, I've been working a lot with uh, Man Like Reese. Mm -hmm. He's another artist that's uh, up and coming. He's from Scarborough. Mm -hmm. and East End Tings. You know? <laughs> uh, and it almost seems like I became like more Scarborough-like because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time like I go out, I'm usually with Scarborough people. Right, right. And I'm noticing in in the scene that I've been like, Mingling with, especially with performances around the city, yeah, has been like majority Skyrope people. So have you also been posting up at Kennedy Station as well? I go to Markham <laughs> Station. There you, know? you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out here. I'm out. Here. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, man. So I'm just working on music. I'm working on uh, just strategizing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of elevating my video production for other people. Yeah. Uh, just as a way. <laughs> 
to kind of bounce it out and to separate me from my nine to five job. Yeah. Uh, do something else I enjoy doing as well, which is video production and photography. Right. I still work with the clothing line Life and Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, we're all just trying to. We're all taking baby steps to grow. Right, right. Yeah, man. And what I've noticed about a lot of people in the city as well, um, we wear many hats. So, like, you were just talking about how you're not getting into, like, video editing and production. What yeah. Have you. So what made you get into that? Um, so when I first got into it, uh, I was a street baller. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have anyone to edit my videos for me. Right. And then I, as I, like, started taking the music more serious, I realized that it's an interpersonal skill that I have mm-hmm. that I could utilize instead of, like, dishing out money. Mm-hmm. Uh because it's already hard enough to get money right now. Yep. You know, so Facts. what I learned to do was just kind of utilize any resources that I could learn myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why why even give that power to somebody else in my mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I've learned it in a more serious way, especially, like, I do all my mixing and mastering mm-hmm. uh, for my song recording. I record myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm producing for myself now. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of more things that I'm just trying to make sure that I can't blame anybody else but myself exactly. if it doesn't go how I want it to, right? Right. Um, and it, it's not hard to take time and learn something. Mm-hmm. That's the same reason why people go to school to become doctors or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're really passionate about something, you can learn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's basically what kind of made me take all that stuff more serious as well as just like offering resources to my peers, right? Like mm-hmm. I have uh, a group that I work with called Hype Collective or mm-hmm. Hype, Hype, Hype. And it's a... Uh, Helping your people evolve. That's like the acronym for it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's based out of Scarborough. Nice. Uh, shout out to Flinch. He's a he's a DJ, but he's also like the head honcho of that. And and the biggest thing is like artists are struggling to find resources. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Artists don't know what resources they can trust. Right. I've been in a situation where I paid a publicist like seven hundred American. Yeah. And I only got posted on a same site that he posted on me like before for like fifty dollars. Yeah. And that's what happened to my money, mm-hmm. you know? So it's scary to invest in this industry, especially when you don't know who you're connecting with. Right. So by building those relationships in a in an inner circle and then sharing it with each other, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that was, like, the biggest problem along, like, when I first started rapping in Toronto, I noticed that a lot of artists just naturally looked at each other as competition. Right. And... I've never really looked at it like that. I feel mm-hmm. like we can all make it. I feel like we all have our own lanes that we're paving. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, even if we're both doing the exact same kind of music, mm-hmm. somebody might just want to hear my voice right. over yours or vice versa. Yeah, It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like the resources are very important, especially in the, the underground community, because Toronto seems a lot more buzzing mm-hmm. for this hip-hop scene. Mm-hmm. Than it actually is, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I feel like the outside thinks that like if you come to Toronto, you're gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are coming to Toronto to make music, right. and a part of that is true. Like a part of that's like working, but yeah. a lot of it is also just like almost like mind manipulation in a sense where right. we believe a lot more, but then it's just a bunch of artists that are all doing the same thing that are all believing. Yeah. And we're still not reaching out to the fans or right. trying to find a way to market ourselves. So is it a little bit of believing in your own hype, so to speak? Like in, in terms it of is. mentality? It is. Okay. Like I I mean, I've spoken with some some potential management and some some marketing teams that we'd have discussions and they would talk about like, you know, you gotta buy those views because it helps yeah. create that image. Yeah. And I have mixed feelings about that. 
I understand a part of the concept. Like, like yeah, perception somebody, is reality. Yeah, basically. like, if somebody looks at it, they're going to be like, oh, why does this have 100,000 plays? I got to check this out. Yeah. Because I don't know why this has that. Right. And I've been, like, a person of that. Yeah. At the same time, I don't think that we have any idea of what's actually happening as, like, the artist mm-hmm. who's actually paying attention to us. Exactly. So it's a double-edged sword of, like, building your fan base and your cult following mm-hmm. and allowing people that don't know you mm-hmm. or people that do know you because it has to be a secret right. to believe that you you got 100,000 plays organically mm-hmm. and for you to act like that's cool. That's a part of lying to me. Like I, I, It feels like a little fraudulent. Exactly. But it's a part of the game and I'm learning more about the industry as I go mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure I have a lot of it confused. Right. But... It is what it is. I don't mm-hmm. know how I feel about that. Yeah. You know, so. It, it's almost like, you know, you either got to play the game or watch the game play you in a sense. Exactly. And, like, and I'm with you on the whole views thing, right? Because I'm always trying to figure out, like, how to get views, like, on my YouTube page. Yeah. Myself, for example. But, like, I've never been keen on the whole buying views thing because yeah. even though it sets, it sets up the perception that, like, you're a big shot, what is your engagement like? If you have 100,000 views on one video, but there's no comments under there, yeah. then, like, unless you disable the comment section, which doesn't make any sense, which then, it's likely, like, yeah. then it's like, well, who's really engaging? Like, how much, how much uh, like, conversation are you really starting over this, really, right? Yeah. So that's, like, that's my thing with that. Um, but, yeah, I do also agree with you that, like, a lot of the artists in the city kind of, like, they work together in unison, as a sense, because, yeah. like, they, they look at one another as, like, a network of sorts, like, how to exactly. build one over the other. Like, I'll have, uh, like, certain artists I'll interview that I've known for a while. They'd be like, yo, DM, like, how come you're not rapping anymore, right? Because that's what, I used to do that before I was doing the radio thing yeah. or whatever. And it's just, like, like like what we were discussing before, like, we were wearing many hats, and one time, like, we may be focused on one hat over the other, right? Exactly. So there's always exactly. time to go back to that if you, if you want to, if, exactly. if you really feel passionate about it. Exactly. Um, I think that's, like, go ahead with, like, the video production and stuff, that's, my biggest thing with that is that that's my other hat. Yeah. My main hat, the one that I want to wear every single day, is yeah. for music for me. Right. As an artist, right? Right. All the other stuff for like the roles that I have to fill in my mind for now, mm-hmm. until I have a network and I have that team built around me where <clears throat> I'm not just doing it by myself or I don't feel like I have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And yeah, as long as you have that network with you, then like you should be right. All, all right, basically. Yeah. As long as you have a network of people who have the same vision and goal as you and they want to help you with that and you can yeah. help them vice versa. Yeah. I think that's what really counts at the end of the day, basically. No, for sure. Uh, sure. So main, uh, Mainstream 2, uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Um, I mean, it was a mix of like, so the first Mainstream mixtape that I released, mm-hmm. initially... I just had like a bunch of songs that I didn't have rights to. Right. A bunch of remixes that like remade beats and stuff that I had that I wanted to utilize mm-hmm. that I just enjoyed like listening to. So I wanted to lay vocals on them. Right. Um, but that got me like a, a good, like bit of attention. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the mainstream too kind of just thrived off of that vibe, mm-hmm. but also like gave me an outlet to release music that isn't. Um, necessarily like the lane that i'm always like trying to go down my my own like solo album like that that vibe Mm -hmm. i felt like that mixtape allows me to kind of step out of the zone that i'm trying to build that like consistent sound for Mm -hmm. but also still make it relevant to what i want to do right right uh because i feel like there's a lot of music that i listen to i'm like oh i could jump on this beat i could jump on this beat yeah but should i Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like the mainstream too 
kind of like allowed me to play with that a bit. Mm-hmm. And I also have like remixes, like I have a Panda remix on there, I have a No Type remix on there, but mm-hmm. it's on totally different types of beats. Right. So it's like, it's it's mixing that, and then it's called mainstream based on uh, mainstream industry, but yeah. then as a lion, mm-hmm. as a Leo, yeah. the main. Mm-hmm. So like the the man of me, right, right, wanting to be in this in this industry, right, right. So, so a double entendre, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, for sure, exactly. for sure. Um, so off the air, actually, we were like before we went on the air, we were talking about like rappers of like this generation, what have you. Yeah, we we're talking about like the like little yachties and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, my question to you is, and I've always I've had this debate with so many people, um, but in your opinion, do you feel like the caliber of rappers has worsened today, or has the pool widened? I definitely feel like. I feel like the pool has widened mm-hmm. to a point that you have to dig deeper mm-hmm. for the higher caliber artists. Right, right. I always feel like, like I'll go on SoundCloud and I'll find a bunch of artists that are like dope. Mm-hmm. That are like, there's this producer slash artist Benjamin mm-hmm. that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and artists just that I find on on SoundCloud that have like 100,000 followers or whatever, mm-hmm. but aren't really again, like, respected in this mainstream industry. Mm-hmm. And then you have artists that <coughs> mumble rappers or whatever. You got the little Yachty's and yeah. you got those kind of guys that are recognized as a major part of our industry right now. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, I I don't necessarily think that they're that good, mm-hmm. but their, their energy is really good. Yeah. I think that uh, their message is pretty good for the most part mm-hmm. for some of them yeah uh, like drum mm-hmm. drum has a pretty clear and, and positive message right chance the rapper you got a uh, childish gambino mm-hmm. and then kyle like slipped his way in by doing the little yachty feature for i spy yeah and that's what like catapulted his his i've been following him for a while now yeah so he's already released two albums <laughs> And when he releases his next one, that's going to be considered his debut album because he's now in a different position. Yeah. Which is so crazy to me because it's like, now nah, he has projects out. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I bought them. They were for sale. So yeah. those are albums to me. But <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you something funny, actually. So, I like, again, this conversation I was having with people, uh, we were talking about Chance the Rapper, actually. And I gave probably the most unpopular decision of all. And I told people, I think Chance is... A tad bit overrated, not on his own regard, but because mm-hmm. of the fans, in my opinion. Because yeah. for me, like people were telling me about Chance the Rapper back in like 2013. It's like, oh, listen to Astro Rap, listen, it's so yeah. dope, it's so dope. So I'm listening to it, I'm like, and people are telling me, yo, that's the mixtape of the year right there. I'm listening to it, I'm like, it's good, but it's not like, ooh, I feel it in my soul. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? I give it like three or four listens. I'm like. It's okay. It's not for me. It's not for me, but it's cool. Yeah. So, and then this one came out, Coloring Book. I'm just like, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. I, like am I missing something? Like, because I, I like I his think... message, but like the way he delivers it, it's, it's not consistent enough for me to be like, yo, this guy is up next. Like, he's yeah. that guy. And I'm just like, yo, yeah. guys, like, he's good. Like, he's got talent. He's got potential. Yeah. But don't gas him up right now. Like, give him a few more years. I don't yeah. think he's really hit a stride yet. When he did Acid Rap, he was talking about, like, I don't even know if I'm releasing another project. Yeah. So it's like, he definitely utilized, he was playing chess. He definitely utilized yeah, his oh, fans. Yeah, he's been playing chess. As a way 
to shift him into the position that he's in. Yeah. Which is smart. And utilizing the fact that I'm an unsigned artist. Yeah. It's like Mac Miller was an unsigned artist as right, well. Right, right. You know, we have artists that are doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with, with Chance the Rapper, the biggest thing is that he used he used different, like, things as a way to, like, make his message seem a lot deeper yeah. than it actually is. Like, his message is positivity in yeah. general. like Which I, I can never not. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. just be a good person. That's basically all I get from it at the end of the day. Yeah. When you listen to something like Acid Rap, it's like, half the shit, I have no idea what he's even talking yeah. about. I like the flow of it because yeah. it's different. The production's pretty the dope production, as well. His production choices yeah. are very good. Um, but, like, I feel like Color and Book was, like, the same message, like you're saying. Yeah. But a lot clearer. Yeah. I feel like there's songs on there that I could just, like, kind of put beside, like, acid rap songs. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the same message. Mm-hmm. It's just he he redeveloped it. Yeah. Um, and then he has the song, or the project <laughs> with Donnie Trumpet uh, that Donnie Trumpet basically released. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had, like, J. Cole, Big Sean, different guys on it. Right. Um, but it was, like, that same thing. It's just, like, up-tempo music. Like, mm-hmm. And I think he was, like, a part of that wave that, like, made jazz cool in the hip-hop industry again. Yeah. Uh, I think him and Kendrick kind of spearheaded that. Exactly, yeah. Kendrick's on, like, the neo-soul jazz side. Yeah. And 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 Chance is more on, like, that up-tempo, like, funky jazz. Yeah. So, like, you'll get artists like like Kyle and, and these guys that are just, like, utilizing, like, EDM-style, like, production, mm-hmm. but with jazz influence. Right, Which right. is dope. Like, yeah. But I think, I feel like Chance the Rapper's beat selection and stuff like that is a huge reason as to why he's here. And also, the way, like, when people would ask him questions, he would utilize the fact that he did ask it. So, mm-hmm. Ask the Rap is all about asking questions. It's not about answering and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he played on that so much to a point where it's like, yeah, when I listen to it, I don't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I haven't experienced it or maybe because it's supposed to be for my own perception. It's yeah. Like, or you, you have to be somewhat, in, like, inebriated to, like, listen to it. Like, yeah. Like, like, I felt that way about Kid Cudi, like, when I first yeah, started listening yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 Or, like, Wiz Khalifa or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think... I agree. I think Chance the Rapper is... I could see, like, he's definitely overrated because he only has two projects out. Yeah. Well, three, I guess, if you include a 10-day. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, like, major projects that uh, consist of, like, the same thing. Whereas you have Kendrick Lamar, who every album, or even Kanye, yeah. where every album has a different sound. Yeah. And... It's a current message, right? For them, right? I mean, mind you, with Kanye's last two albums, like, I don't even know what the hell the message was, man. It was it, it was so current for him. I feel like he literally just said, "This is about me right now. I don't care about anyone else." And it's what like a lot of upcoming artists do, right? Like when he was talking about his struggle, like with the clothing line stuff for Yeezus, it's like, I get it. <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Fam, what are you crying about? Yeah. Like, you're rich." At the same time, he did lose a lot of money in it. It's just his approach is trash. Yeah, I think his emotional approach. I is mean, very when bad. you're when you're selling seven hundred dollars for rags, like what the fuck yeah. you expect? You yeah, know what I mean? that's why, why I can't really rock lengths. with this one. Like, why are the sleeves different lengths? Why is everything brown? Yeah, but then he manipulated the game. I feel like that was the whole concept of new slaves. In like he has all these hype beasts buying this shit. Yeah, and it looks like shit. It looks like what slaves wore. Yeah, and he got people to buy it. For crazy money. But then, like, he'll contradict himself and be like, how come the fashion industry doesn't accept me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accept me. Love me. Like, come on, man. Like, He's definitely an attention whore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. And then you see who he's married to? He's like, jeez. 
the perfect storm. Queen thought. For <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking kill me, bro. Queen thought. Yo, I have to get that cool job style. Yo, LC, man, we could go on for days about this, but we're gonna keep it. <clears throat> pardon me, keep it moving for a little yeah. bit. So we got the games portion over here. I don't know if we did this when you were here the last when we were here the last time, but let's just say things have changed a little bit. Yeah. So we got two games over here. So the first one we got is one that I like to call cool or uncool. So with that said, I'm about to drop it, and I think it's. Here we go. Okay. So with this game right here, man, I got Diggable Plants playing in the back right now. That old school classic record. uh, Cool like that. Cool like that. So with this game, it's pretty much rapid fire. And I'm just going to give you some scenarios. And you're basically going to tell me if it's cool or uncool. Okay. Now, seeing as how we're both basketball heads, and I figure let's center around (laughs) the NBA this summer. So, with that being said, let's get things started. So, first and foremost, Gordon Hayward, uh, formerly a member of the Utah Jazz, now signed to the Boston Celtics. Cool or uncool? Uh, cool. Cool? Yeah. I feel like the signing with him was a little bit overhyped, to be honest. Yeah. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he changes. He's not going to change the dynamic that much yeah. on, especially not Boston Celtics. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he's like, definitely going to be a role player. Yeah. But uh, I think he might just help them kind of get a little bit further because they, right. they made it pretty far. Right. For a team that... That had nobody by Isaiah Thomas. Like, you know, that, 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 that shows you that's how, like good, five, how like good the coaching system they have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'll say this. I always feel like he's the great white hope. You know what I mean? Because they haven't had a great white hope since I was about to say, they always do this. <laughs> every, every industry yeah. does this. Like... He's gonna take the torch for like the white men in the industry. Yeah. Like, it's like, nah, he's pretty good. Yeah. But like, like, is he even top ten? I would, I wouldn't put him top. I wouldn't. 10. No. I put him top twenty. Yeah. Like yeah. Deba- debatable top twenty. A debatable top. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, I could probably fit in a few before him, but yeah, 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 yeah I can yeah. see he's that. He's definitely top twenty five for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But like, yeah. top twenty is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're just shitting on him right yeah. now. <laughs> well. Look, he's definitely in the top of something. Yeah. He's not bad. Yeah. I think he's, like, above average. Yeah. But, like, just, like, a subpar above average. Exactly. He's not amazing. He's not a cornerstone of a franchise. Exactly. Other guys around him to really make, a, make an effort. Yeah, exactly. Right? For exactly. sure. Let's keep moving, though. Um, oh, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, the Cavs not making any heavy splashes in free agency. Cool or uncool? I think that's cool. Okay. They need to chill out. I, I think they do. I think <laughs> I think Golden State needs to chill out as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a double. Like, they don't need to, I love Golden State, but they need to chill out. They don't need to make any more moves for, like, another five years. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think your team's good. Like, yeah, I, yeah. If anything, give somebody away for, for real, free. I, I think like, they have, like, I think they have the NBA locked down for, like, the next, like, three or four years. Roughly. Yeah, like, it's looking, it's looking like just a dominating team. It is. Uh, consistently. I don't even know who's going to be the leading scorer because they could choose anyone. Yeah. Now, going back to Cavs for a second, before I go on to the next one, you, you heard about Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah. Okay, what do you think about that? I think um, I think he's been overshadowed a lot because LeBron likes to make any team his. Yeah. And LeBron has the skill I mean, to be. he beat. has the right to do so. I mean, he took a shitty Cavs team to the 07 NBA Finals. Yeah, exactly. He got exactly. the juice a long time exactly. ago. I, I, I feel like um, in, in this position, like, Kyrie does want to show. It's kind of like the Westbrook and, and, and Durant thing. Yeah. I think as long as Kyrie doesn't do something as shicey as what Durant did, which, I mean, I was cool with it because I'm a I'm a Golden State fan. Yeah. But it was pretty disrespectful. I think if uh, Kyrie goes to another team, <laughs> we try I mean, to get rings out here. Who, who cares? 
Like, I'm like half and half on it. Like, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. I, I think as long as Kyrie does something where he's not like trying to like be ignorant about it. Yeah. Um, which it doesn't seem like he is. Yeah. Uh, he said it a long time ago that he always felt like like he wanted a team for himself. Yeah. And I think he has the skill to be a leader on a team. So I could see him going to another team. I just don't know where. <laughs> right. Like he might have to restart. Like he, for oh, real. he's gonna he's gonna have to. Yeah. If he wants to be the man, he's gonna have to restart. Exactly. But hey, he already has his ring, so he already knows what that feels yeah. like, right? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Ooh, hometown stuff. All right. Uh, Larry and Ibaka staying in Toronto. Cool or uncool? Uh, I'm cool with Ibaka. Okay. I think Larry needs to go. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> honestly, Larry ain't getting no love out here. Jeez. Nah, he. You know what? And I used to actually be a huge Larry fan. Okay. Um. But I don't know. It's like sometimes I look at them, like especially like mid-season. It's like yeah. you need to get some wins to make sure you lock yourself in properly where you're in a better position in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. But they be joking. Like him, DeMar DeRozan be joking too. Like sometimes I'm looking at them like, yeah. do you guys like you guys just want to be in the NBA? Like you guys just happy for that check? Like you, I don't know. You know what? It, again, media perception, right? Because yeah. we always see them as like Bati and Bench, right? Exactly. So exactly. it's the media that really overplays the the, the bromance between the two, yeah. right? Because you know you don't really see a synergy like that with anyone for that matter in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But you see Larry and Droz and they sit they share the backcourt together and yeah. off the court they're legit friends. Yeah. So that's rare to see. So that's a story that they're playing up. Like yeah. not really playing up, but like it's a story that the media really wants to force. Yeah, the media utilize yeah. it and portrayed it as a way it's like they can't be inseparable. Yeah. But. For me, I feel like I feel like Larry gets a bad rap, no pun intended, just because of the fact that when it comes to the playoffs, he falls off. But I think that's mainly because of the fact that no one takes into consideration that he averages the most minutes out of anyone in the league. Yeah. He averages more than LeBron. Yeah. And yeah. LeBron's out here calling for rest. Yeah. So imagine what Larry's going through. And yeah. He's a point guard and he's Arguably the main guy on the Raptors. Let's be real. Yeah. He plays on both sides yeah. of the floor, and that takes no, a toll sure. on you. This guy plays on the bench units as well when they sub all their main guys out and, and leave him on. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, if anything, I feel like Casey, it, to me, Casey's the real problem. Yeah, he yeah, needs I can see to that find too. a way to utilize his minutes properly so that there's not so much burden on him. Larry does his own thing. Like, if he needs to lose weight, he loses weight. Like, yeah, he yeah. does what he no, needs he to do. No, he works hard. He does. It, it's crazy. It's just not fair to him. Like, yeah. He's getting all, all, all this flack. And you know what? I think I think it's just hard. And I've always like looked at the Raptors like this. And we'll get, like, we could use Ibaka as an example. Yes, he wasn't a leader on his team, uh-huh. but we always grab the guys that were like basically the six mans yeah. and try to make them the leaders on our team. Right. It seems to always be a thing. Right now, it's a little bit different because Larry and DeRozan are basically our leaders. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I noticed that we always grab like Turkaloo, uh, any anyone that we grab from a different team. Yeah. It's like we try to force them to do something. That they don't necessarily even want to do, but you know what? With Turkle, okay, Turkle, he 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 messed us over. Yeah, 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 he did. yeah. Because at the time we had Bosch. Bosch was our leader. Yeah, Demar Derozan. We had just drafted him. Bargnani was, I guess, that second guy, sort of. Yeah. Turgaloo was supposed to be that third option because he had a bomb season in Orlando yeah. that year. He averaged like 18 and something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he went to the finals that year with, with Dwight and them, right? Yeah. So we were looking at him like, okay, you're going to be a support guy because when 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 Bargnani's out here being inconsistent or whatever, you're the man besides yeah. from Bosch. Yeah. And he couldn't even do that. This man was yeah. out clubbing and stuff like and that. You know what? I always feel like, especially, I mean, the NBA does not really want a Canadian team. Let's be real. Okay. Yeah. They don't want us there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel well, like. Well, we did have an all star weekend over here. Like, I mean, Drake. So <laughs> I'm going straight to it. I feel like <laughs> Jeez. I really feel like if it wasn't like like 
If they, it seems like whenever like players leave our team, yeah. So they'll come to our team. They were yeah. doing good. Come to our team, play like trash, leave our team, and do good again. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them don't even want to represent Canada. Right. Right. They're like, oh, that's not my country. Yeah. They'd rather right. represent anywhere in the states. Yeah. Like anywhere. Yeah. Than here. But I feel like the tide has sort of changed a little bit because if you notice, Larry and DeRozan are two biggest players that we've had thus far. Yeah. They resigned here. Larry signed twice. Yeah. He yeah, signed yeah, yeah. twice, right? So that was yeah. huge. We never I, had that before. And I think that's what's changing the Toronto Raptors culture is that yeah. there's guys that are showing that they do want to be here. Yeah. And then I think somebody like Ibaka, uh-huh. if he if he's like around them a lot and gets that environment and yeah. And they do good again mm-hmm. to the point where at least they end up in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, that that's a lot of momentum to be like, okay, well, at least they're a good team. Yeah. And it's something I do want to be a part of. Yeah. And again, Drake, you know, like, you yeah. get that OVO merch. You know? For real, for real. <laughs> like, like, Drake has that pull as a celebrity, right? Drake was trying to get Durant on our team before, so. Yeah. Like, and I think Messiah has a big part to do with that. I feel like, yeah. I feel like Messiah's kind of underrated in that regard, but, like, we haven't had like this like we haven't really swung for the fences that much when it comes to, like big free agents or like big mm-hmm. name guys or like guys who already have a name in like trades or what have you. Yeah. Like I remember like back when Colangelo was here, like he he got Jermaine O'Neal, which is a, a good move, but like he was past his prime at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Sean yeah. Marion, but again yeah. past his prime at that point. Rudy Gay, that was a big move. I think yeah. he did that just to keep his job. It yeah, really yeah, worked yeah, out yeah. so well. <laughs> um but yeah, like Messiah has like a lot of pull. He knows how to fleece people, man. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. He, he does a good job of that. I mean, we got Ibaka for Terrence Ross and a draft pick. I mean yeah. I mean, shit, yeah. that's a steal right there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got CJ Miles. He's not like a big name guy by any means, but mm-hmm. like he's he's a notable he's rotation player, basically. Yeah. So like he has that pull, and like he knows how to maneuver around, and he knows how to make the best out of a bad situation. So yeah. like, I feel like a lot of credit should go towards him in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I man. believe that. All right, so let's get to our second game now. So this game's a mainstay on the network, man. So this one is <laughs> called I'd Quit the Game. Uh, right here, there we go. Okay. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get all it. All right. Now, in this game right here, you are the eligible bachelor, all right? Okay. You're wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, <laughs> jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Yeah. But there comes a point in time in every man and woman's life where they got to quit the game. So they got to settle down, have the kids, wipe the yeah, defense, yeah, tire yeah. swing, all that good stuff. So if you had to quit the game for one of these two ladies, who would you quit the game for? I call this the Cougar edition, all right? Okay. Would you quit the game for Halle Berry or Angela Bassett? You know what's crazy? I'm going Angela Bassett. Okay, that's not crazy at yeah. all. That's not crazy at no, all. No, you know what? I know a lot of people just kind of like automatically think like, oh, Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like she's overrated. Um, in my opinion, I feel sure, like. Sure, sure. I, I, I don't know. Angela Bassett just like, I watched uh, like Wayne the Exhale. Yeah. Like she scared me, but it was kind of like. Yeah. She was real. Yeah. Like in real I, crazy, but real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he also like it's his fault. Yeah, yeah. You know? true, true. <laughs> so I mean, you got to play your cards right. Yeah. But I feel like um, I don't know, and she still looks sexy. She does. Have you seen yeah. that Black Panther trailer? Mm-hmm. Dude, she knows how to rock them white dreads, man. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> All right then, ladies and gentlemen, we got LC in the building. Coming up, we got Trip Talks. So you already know what that means, and it looks like by the judging of the time, we're heading into the overtime edition. But that's all good because that means the conversation is that real. So as we go into the commercial break, we're going to your record, which is called Power Up. So, yeah. ladies and gents, keep it locked. This is Corey. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah.
MaximumFM.ca. Yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And we are heading into the overtime edition of Cool Radio, which means you're going to be rocking with us for a bit longer, which is all good. Nonetheless, I still got my man, LC Artist, in the building. Say what's up to the people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now we're about <laughs> to get into Trip Talk. So that's three topics in three minutes. Let's be honest. It may not be three minutes each, but we're going to get to them nonetheless. Yeah. So... <laughs> On that note, let's get things started, shall we? So, first topic we got to discuss, man. <coughs> Pardon me. We got to talk about Kendrick Lamar. Now, Kendrick Lamar, he's been doing his thing. He's been touring. Uh, he's been on the damn tour. Uh, yeah. He will be in Toronto in the next couple of weeks. He was in Toronto before late July, so hopefully I can catch that later show. But nonetheless, he was in the news because he uh, was on the cover of Rolling Stones magazine, which is huge. Yeah. And he was doing an interview. And one of the topics that had to revolve around ghostwriting and what have you. Um, so the question that was presented to him, I'm reading it verbatim off the computer screen right now, is, and I quote, Is it ever okay for a rapper to have a ghostwriter? You're ob- you've obviously written verses for Dr. Dre yourself. And this is what Kendrick said in response, and I quote, It depends on what arena you're putting yourself in. I called myself the best rapper. I cannot call myself the best rapper if I have a ghostwriter. If you're saying you're a different type of artist and you don't really care about the art form of being the best rapper, then so be it. Make great music. But the title, it won't be there. Now, when this was said and when, when this was put out into the public, a lot of people instantly said, oh, Drake this, Drake this. He's, he's going at Drake, going at Drake. So on that note, LC, do you feel like that was a shot at Drake? I feel like that's just a general opinion. I feel like it could be a shot at Drake. I feel like also people that are like defensive or if you can paint the picture that clearly, yeah. that then you're aware of it as well. Yeah, like if the shoe fits basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think um that shoe fits on many different artists in the industry. Right. Um and, and I think that was the biggest point he's trying to make is like it depends on what your goal is at the end of the day like Right. Like I, I personally take pride in songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to share my message. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like filtered, I guess. Yeah, or like recreated by somebody else, or basically just saying what they think makes sense that I should say. Right. So I understand his view on it, and mm-hmm. I don't think you can be the best rapper mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. If you if you're not writing it. Right. You could be the best image artist or a performer, the best maybe. brand. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, like I think that th- there's there are different like positions that you could fill yeah and i think uh when it comes to drake i mean we don't know how many songs like he's had people write for him but me listening to drake ever since like 2009 i would say i can tell when drake has written a record all on his own versus ones that may have been written or co-written at the very least yeah yeah. like if it's a sing-songy record like something for the club or the radio he probably had a co-writer on that, yeah. which is totally fine. I have no yeah. problem with that. But if it's a record like Pound Cake, that's Drake right yeah. there. Yeah. He's going in for life. Like his flow is a little is a little schizophrenic at times. Like exactly. you can tell when he's going past the margin, whereas when he's doing a song for a radio and or a club, it's within zone. the margin. Yeah. yeah. Like there's much more it's much more melodic. There's more cadence to it. Yeah. It's much more concise, calculated. But a record like six PM in New York. He's yeah. raw, raw, yeah. uncut. Yeah, yeah. So no, I agree. Yeah, like I think in those situations, I don't think it's wrong to have a songwriter in that regard because you have to look at it like this: it's a music industry. Mm-hmm. Rap is a part of the music industry. Yeah, you're gonna have people writing for you or co-writing for you. Dre, Doctor Dre has had so many people co-write for him. Soup Dog, I said, has been in that position. Yep. Jay has been in that position as well. People yep. want to deny it, but 
Jayus has some co-writers as well. You look yeah. at the liner notes of his album, it'll say co-written by so-and-so. There's been some Canadian artists who have co-written for Jay-Z. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of people loved, I feel like a lot of people like to pick at Drake because he's the whipping boy now. Like yeah. he's the guy who's on top and what have exactly. you. And I feel like he gets a, an unfair rap for that. Again, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think <laughs> also like where the rap game is the only industry that is like highly concerned with that. Yes. And I think that is a part of the pride of being like a rapper if you're looking to be like the top lyricist. I or agree. Whatever. Now now see you pause it there right there. You said lyricist, right? Yeah. Now if the conversation is about the best lyricist and Drake has had so many people correct for him, then you can remove him from the exactly. equation. Yeah. But I feel like the best rapper, I feel like that encompasses everything. So the yeah. lyrical aspect of it, the performance aspect of exactly. it. Exactly. I think Well I was gonna say like mm-hmm. somebody like uh Eric Bellinger, let's use that as an example. Sure. He's an amazing songwriter for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but, or like, I'll use, because I like his music too. Yeah. Uh, French Montana, I'm not really a fan of his music. Right. But I know he used to write a lot for like Diddy and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, it's like, as a writer, he's really good, but as a performer, he's not as good. Right. So then I feel like that's where the double-edged sword comes into like the best rapper. Yeah. It's like, he still can't really fill that role because he's just a really good writer. Yeah. And then Drake is like, in the mix of doing both. Yeah. And there's like a, a balance of like, we have to figure out yeah. if we're going to do the best rapper thing, what's all him and what's not him. Exactly. And and <laughs> those kind of things. But mm-hmm. definitely like, when you do it by yourself, um, you do possibly limit yourself mm-hmm. because your brain only goes where you're used to bringing it mm-hmm. or where you're used to trying to expand it. Whereas somebody that has totally different life experience mm-hmm. could teach you something totally different in the music world mm-hmm. or in whatever world, like in general. So input is important as well. Right. And that's like the the weird balance of like having a songwriter mm-hmm. and having feedback and having like, because somebody could say that they were a songwriter for Drake because they were brainstorming with him. Yeah. And then he ended up just, like, using a part of their idea of, like, the flow and then yeah. writing in his words. Right. So it's weird, right? right? Like, And I think people really need to divide the definition between ghostwriter and songwriter. Because a songwriter, his name or her name will be in the liner notes of an album. Exactly. They will be credited for that song. And then depending on what their contract situation was, whatever agreement they signed, they'll either get, like, a large lump sum or they'll get royalties, royalties basically. Yep. Whereas a ghostwriter, we don't know who that is. Yeah, they, they get paid, paid cash, under the table. Like... <laughs> it was a freelance job. Yeah. You write this for me. You send me the uh, the stems or what have you. I'll recreate yeah. it in my own way, and that's it. Yeah. So, And I think that was, like, the biggest thing, like, Again, Meek Mill's another person that doesn't know how to approach shit. Yeah. But that was, like, his biggest thing was, like, I don't really care who writes on your project, mm-hmm. but when we released a project we were talking about who's who's all a part of the song, yeah. you didn't mention him. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changes it. It's like, what else aren't you mentioning? Exactly. Who else, like, is hiding for you? Right. So. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, like, I think when I read this article, going back to it, I, or not the article, but that page of the article rather i feel like kendrick was being sincere about his answer i don't think he's trying to take a jab at drake yeah um he normally saves his jabs for his records actually so his records do the talking for the most part um and i do agree with him like if you want to be the best rapper then it's gotta be all you because when it comes to rap 
our thing was, you know, our lyrics and like how we write and what have you. That's what defines our genre. Exactly. When it comes to R and B, it comes to your vocal range and your pitch. What yeah, that's you. your gift. When it comes to let's say country music, depends on how your emotion comes through on your mm-hmm. instruments, basically. So every every genre has their niche, basically. Yeah. So I feel like that's why it's still frowned upon as far as like songwriting and what. And Especially what for the rap like, game, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I feel like depending on what kind of record it is, I feel like if it's a record like. Turn up, turn up, whatever. You yeah. can have as many songwriters on, on as you want. I, yeah. I personally don't care. <laughs> but like, if you're talking about a record like, like let's say Ether or something like that, or something yeah. where like where you're going all in, it's just that raw passion and emotion, yeah. and the lyrics and the double entendres and what have you. It's gotta be all you. Yeah, that's that's my first. And you know what? Just to bring it back one more time, like mm-hmm. I remember when when uh when Drake and Meek Mill were like at the height of the beef thing, yeah. and then Drake released back to back, and people were like, "Oh, Drake killed him." It's like, yeah. But fam, if we're talking about the ghostwriting thing, like, yeah, like we don't know if Drake did yeah. that. <laughs> I so think that like, was all Drake. I personally think that was all Drake. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I feel like that's where it gets sticky. It's like, yeah. it's like rap is wrestling. Right. Rap is the WWE. Thank like, you. <laughs> I've been saying this for years. Yeah, I've been yeah. saying this for years. Oh yeah. my god. It's like. Tori and Drake are homies now. Yeah. It's like, did they even really have like a they real beef? They formed the alliance. <laughs> yeah. Like they... NWO. <laughs> <laughs> but you see like, yeah. you see like whoever like, oh, flipping, someone takes off their baskets like Vince Yeah. <laughs> it was me all along, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. But yeah, man, it, it, it's just fickle at the end yeah. of the day, man. Yeah. I mean, like we we didn't see this coming out of anywhere, man. No. Like it's just it's whatever. But it gets us talking. That's what exactly. that's what really happens. Well, that that's the biggest thing about media, right? Is like all of it is utilized for us to have conversation. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about like the, the missile being launched. Yeah. Um and I was saying like I really just try to avoid news because I have so many other things that I actually do care about. Right. That I don't want to have deep conversations about this stuff that we don't have control <laughs> of, that mm-hmm. we're just gonna witness. I, I don't even want to have a conversation about that kind of stuff because right. there's so many other things that I'm trying to do in my life mm-hmm. that I know is going to take time. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's good for somebody when you don't have much to talk about. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I feel like media is for. Yeah, it's slow news days. Like, yeah. So did you see on the news? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's all like, that is. Earlier to me. today, I was I was watching like this report about like. Um, about LeBron James or whatever. And I think it was something about, or no, it's about Kyrie Irving. It's like, oh, uh, Kyrie Irving won't be a member of the, of the Cavaliers past December because he's not following LeBron James on Instagram. I'm like, guys, yeah, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? And the person that put the video up that actually searched it themselves, yeah. I was like, what are you doing with your spare time? Exactly. Like, did that, did that make you like famous? Like, I don't, I don't know like what the goal was of yeah. that. Like, I just know that you were trying to find out if he was following him. And like, you were stretching. Crazy. You were stretching, yeah. basically. And you're like, oh, no, he's not following him. This is crazy. Yeah. That's not news to me. Like, I don't news. know what that is. I don't yeah. know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's gossip. That's like, garbage. Whatever. It's, it's, it's spam. Does Kyrie even manage his account by himself? Like, like who, we don't even know this. We don't even know this. <laughs> exactly. But nonetheless, ladies and gents, what do y'all think? Hit us up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. And let me know your thoughts as to whether or not you think Kendrick was trolling Drake in that interview or not. Next on the docket, we got to talk about Cardi B. Now, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't know much about this woman. All I know is that she was on Love & Hip Hop, and that's about it, basically. But she caught some flack because of the fact that there was an old Twitter thread that someone dug up. And it basically depicted her calling dark-skinned women roaches, basically. So Jeez. one guy said, um, and his name is 
woke mutants at woke, woke mutants and basically he said threat of cardi b calling dark-skinned women black roaches um and then he basically just went on this rant about colorism and what have you um and then a lot of people started catching on to this so cardi b had to go on the gram and basically defended herself by saying the following and i quote i called my own self a roach before so stop it it's a word i use a lot bronx bitches use uses use a lot stop trying to make it into some racist shit and then she also went on to say mother effer has been trying to f up my day all day the devil really working but yeah and the devil are invited into this okay whatever she basically said it wasn't like i call people all that and everything i try i hate trying to articulate things that people are trying to say man broken english that people just real man like it's shattered english man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, basically, she was trying to say that she uses that word for everyday use, like it's street vernacular and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, what do you think about her uh, about this story? Uh, that story specifically, I think um, she probably <laughs> does use that word a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that one, she didn't necessarily realize that it was a racist statement. Yeah, that's what I think. Right. Um, if you're deciding to single out all dark skinned women, yeah, and call them roaches, yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you might use that word a lot. I use nigga a lot. That's yeah. fine, but it doesn't change what you said. Yeah. Um, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Everybody has their own preference. Yeah. I think um, social media uh-huh. and the fact that nobody has social, like, no media training at yeah. this point now. Everybody's just blowing up. Exactly. And there's so much independency that... And people react, like, without and, any And context. the access to the personal lives of everyone is, like, yeah. so easy, yeah. especially anyone that was used in social media at any point. Yeah. It's like anything that you said can come back to haunt you. Oh, yeah. Um, regardless of if she got mad at a black girl that day because yeah. some black dark skin girl cut her off, she's like, yeah. fuck all these dark skin girls. Like, whatever. Yeah. That might have been how she felt because she was upset. Yeah. Who knows exactly what happened? Right. Um, I think it was kind of racist. Yeah. But I don't know if that was her malicious intent. Yeah. And and see that's where I'm at right now. Like I don't know enough about her. Like I've only exactly. I only heard about her like earlier this year. Like I yeah. don't know anything about her. I don't know what her mannerisms are and all that stuff. She's so ratchet. I, that's okay. all I know. Fair enough. So, I heard that she was a stripper and uh-huh. then she was on Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. That, and she's the first girl on Love and Hip Hop to or first person on Love and Hip Hop <laughs> to come off of that and have a song on like top twenty billboards. Right. Which is that new song, Bodak Yellow. Okay. Okay, that one I've heard of. I've heard yeah. that record. I haven't heard the record, but I've heard of I haven't heard record. the record. Either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know too much about this woman to say that, yeah, she's being racist or being racist towards dark skinned girls. Like, I don't know how that can be quoted as racist unless she isn't black. I mean, is she, is she yeah, black? Yeah, she, to my knowledge, she's She uh, looks black. She's black and, yeah. and, and Trini. Okay, okay. Well, there Jamaican you go. Jamaican and Trini. Okay, so she's West yeah. Indian then. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, you can't really call that racist. Like, that's more like, it's bigoted, yes, but not necessarily yeah. racist per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if she has a, a, a complexion complex, basically. Exactly. Right? So, who well, knows? I mean, I mean, it is a West Indies, so I know it it does happen. And she's dating Offset. Yeah. And I I would consider him, like, more dark-skinned than light-skinned. Yeah. So I don't know if she's necessarily racist. Exactly. Um, I also, I used to always have this, like, argument with, like, my mom and my family. stuff. we talk about racism and stuff, especially, like, the cops and stuff. And I was like, the most messed up part about that is that Racism isn't like something that can be detected. Yeah. You can always lie about it. It's oh, yeah, an emotional feeling. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what anyone says. Mm-hmm. They could be or they couldn't be. Yeah. Regardless of anything. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one way to be racist as well. Exactly. It's not just calling someone what, a nigger. Yeah. You like, can just filter it out and then like do some dumb shit like 
just purposely give them a shitty ass seat or whatever. Exactly. Like, you can prevent someone from getting that. a job because they're black. Exactly. Like, like, there's, yeah. It's in so many different forms, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like just kind of wrap it up. Like I really don't know too much about this woman to, to definitively say whether or not she was being, you know, bigoted in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think people need to kind of dig a little bit deeper. I mean, I know this this person dug and's like, oh, look at her. She, she's yeah. dark skin people. Like, but I, I feel you like need they were more looking context. for negative energy. Yeah, well. you're looking for it. Like, if you had to go that far back yeah. into her timeline yeah. to pick that out, then yeah. you need to do something more constructive with your time. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think? Um, do you guys think she was uh, malicious with with her usage of the word roaches in, in her approach to dark skinned women, or I not? Think anyone that calls you a roach is malicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> if someone called me a roach, it might be a fight. Right. I'd be like, how like, dare I, you? Yeah. Who are you talking right? to? Like, yo, back up three feet before I do something crazy. Yeah. 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 Oh man, <laughs> guys, hit us up on Twitter at Cool Underscore Radio. Give us your thoughts, man. I, I don't know. This this story is beyond me, man. Like, it's anyone's <laughs> guess. I'll, I'll take anyone's word for it at this point. Yeah, yeah. And then the final story that I, that I want to get to, and it actually speaks about race and complexion and what have you. Um, J. Cole was in concert a few days ago, and he spoke out in favor of Colin Kaepernick. So for those who don't know, Colin Kaepernick is a, a, a player in the NFL, basically, and he's been trying to look for a team to play for because he's now a free agent, but he's been getting overlooked by a lot of people. Mainly because of the fact that he made a protest to not stand for the national anthem because it represents racism and bigotry and what have you. Um, and a lot of people have started to outcast him and what have you. They haven't said because of that, but it's all but 99% sure that that's the main reason why. Yeah. So J. Cole decided to speak out on that and basically said that the NFL shouldn't be boycotting him because of his views towards politics and racism in the country, especially when you have lower caliber players who are, who are being signed onto NFL teams to play backup positions. It was even brought to my knowledge that a player by the name of Jay Cutler was uh, signed to the Miami Dolphins. He's been retired for at least a year now. So basically, <laughs> it's like you brought this guy out of retirement who was probably in his mid-30s or late-30s at the most, whereas a guy like Colin Kaepernick, who hasn't even hit 30 yet, yeah. is still available, but you won't take him for whatever reason. Gee, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> so, um, to you, Elsie, do you feel like uh, more public figures like J. Cole should be speaking out in favor of Colin Kaepernick? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's always been, like, just looking at uh, Colin's, like, position, mm -hmm. um... If you decide to be any sort of an activist, mm -hmm. you have to remember that there's going to be repercussions, and yep. and you're literally going against a system that is <clears throat> is not meant to have that come to light. Exactly. Um. So that's that's one thing. I think. I think the the black community has its moments where it sticks together. Yeah. And I think sometimes just a lot of people just overlook it because it's not important to them. Yeah. Um. But I think people should be speaking more on it in general. Yeah. And I think it it, it means more mm -hmm. when it's a, a public figure that isn't necessarily from the black community. Right. That expresses how they feel about yeah. something like that. I feel like all black people know how we feel about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, not all, but a lot. Yeah. I feel like almost every black person I know is aware of like these kind of things going on. They, they I hope they are. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so... Um, I feel like when it's other cultures that choose to step in and yeah. say, like, he didn't do anything wrong, yeah. he stood up for his rights, he, yeah. we're supposed to be in a country <laughs> of freedom, yeah. all this this and that, mm -hmm. if if other cultures and ethnicities can kind of join in on that, yeah. that are That's public huge. figures, then I feel like that will make 
more of an understanding across the 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 the, the nation and the system. Right. right. Yeah. And two things kind of add to what you're saying. One. Colin Kaepernick is biracial, so he easily decides to swing on whichever side of the fence he wants because yeah. he has that "quote unquote" privilege, yeah. which I've had a debate about with many people. But well, look at his position—that's a real good privilege, right? Exactly. <laughs> there you go, right? There you go, right? But um, yeah. And then secondly, on top of that, is he was adopted. Like his both his parents are white, basically. Okay. So you would think that him having two white parents, like he wouldn't have a better grasp of what his plight as a, an African-American would mm-hmm. be, because let's be honest, even though he's half black, half white, we're going to look at him as out. black because of his appearance, mm-hmm. the facial features, uh, the hair, and what yeah. have you. So for him to understand the plight that the black man goes through in America, or the black person in America goes through in general, speaks a lot about about him, basically, and how, yeah. how quote-unquote, woke he is, basically, right? Like yeah. He's very conscious about that. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's satisfying to see that, especially as a, a a premier athlete. Now, here's my thing: I feel like whenever a black person speaks about these like atrocities and what have you, it really depends on what what where your standing is and wherever you are. So, Every like, time, let's let's yeah. give it let's give a a, a big example: Jay Z. It took him. He would have been able to do this twenty years ago, like with the four 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 album, yeah, yeah, exactly. talking about about uh, about black inheritance, black wealth, all that, all yep. that stuff. Right? He's educating. He wasn't able to do that back in Reasonable Doubt era or no. Volume One era. He had to wait until he was forty seven to gain all this clout that he's gotten all yeah. these years with the forty forties and all that stuff to do this type of project. Because had he done that midway through Rockefeller's uh, height. He probably would have been shelved. Yeah, and he probably would have plummeted the yeah. whole label. So what he did was he used his leverage or privilege, so to speak, used his platform to educate people on this. Yeah. Now people are saying, oh, well, it took him this long. Well, yeah, he had to do all these things yeah. so that people can listen to him because he has that juice. Yeah. He has that juice. Same with Beyonce. Beyonce had to you know, put a ring on it and do all these things to put out that Lemonade album to make people realize, oh, Shit, this is actually going. On. It's yeah. Beyonce of all people talking about it. Yeah, let's not let's not get into semantics about who's doing it and who's been speaking about it because you're losing sight of the message. Yeah, you want people to speak on it. Period. Exactly. You've been waiting for people like Beyonce and Jay Z to speak about it, and now they're actually doing it. Now going back to Colin Kaepernick, I think his quote unquote mistake was the fact that he didn't have that leverage. Exactly. Like he was if, so fresh. Yeah. Like if he was on the on the level of a Tom Brady, for example, yeah. or an Aaron Rodgers, or yeah. or someone to that extent. Or like a Cam- Cameron Cameron Stewart, he people would have been listening. Sure, they would have had owners in his ears. Like, what is he talking about? Nah, nah, nah. I would say this: Wait until your contract is secure. Like yeah. you're writing that eight year contract. Yeah. You're at the height of your of your powers. Yeah. yeah. Then you talk your shit. Because yeah. no one is going to be like, oh, well, we're not going to pay you any more any more money to 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 bring us to the Super Bowl. No, no. Yeah. But here's the thing: Colin Kaepernick has kind of fallen off a little bit off off of his game. He hasn't been he hasn't really had a meaningful season since 2014 when he went to the Super Bowl. And on top of that, you know, now he's a free agent. No one wants to take him because of all this controversy. Yeah. But really, what he did was speak on what's really happening in America. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got wife beaters in here. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. people who are, who are <laughs> sodomizing little children. Yeah. You have people who are. Who are stepping on their wives and everything, yeah. but they're getting contracts. Jay Culler has been in the league for God knows how long, and he brought he got brought brought back out of retirement to play in the league. I'm not a football fan by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I just believe in deductive reasoning and common sense. Exactly. And when I hear about all these things happening with like Ben Roethlisberger, Ray Rice, you got 
Yeah, yo, Michael Vick telling this man to cut his hair. Yeah. The same nigga who had dog fighting <laughs> rings like it was Def Jam fight for New York yeah. in his house. Yeah. And yeah. he went to jail for three years out of that shit. Yeah. And he's the one telling him, oh, you got to cut your hair and be more presentable. You have Ray Lewis who was almost charged with murder. Yeah. Telling him, oh, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. Next thing you know, you're going to tell him to be a, a, a good little Negro. Yeah. Tap his dick, shuck and exactly. jive. And exactly. then shine his shoes while you're at it. Like, come on, man. Yeah. They, they, it's crazy because that's the disappointing part of like, that's why I say like the black community like right. has its moments where it sticks together. Yeah. And then it's like, what are you guys doing? Exactly. Like, you're better off not saying anything. Exactly. I'd rather you not say anything yeah. than to make it seem like what he's doing is wrong. Exactly. For your contract, I guess. Is that what you're trying to do? You're trying to get make sure you get renewed? Like, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You guys didn't speak on it together. Like, And I think that's the biggest thing is, like, just exactly what you said. It's like, yeah. you need to realize <coughs> what position you're in and how much leverage you have mm-hmm. before you start to be, like, ballsy and, like, exactly. an activist and, and try to open up because... Right. It can it can change your whole life quickly. Exactly. <laughs> but ladies and gents, what do you guys think? Um, should people like J. Cole take a stand in, in favor of Colin Kaepernick? And should Colin Kaepernick have stood up at this point in time in his career right now to talk about that stuff? Either way, you agree or disagree, hit us up on the comment section below. Now, we have got to get into the throwback, or rather, the flashback Friday track of the day. So we're going to play that drop to intro just like this. Yeah. And you guys already know, man. Hit me up on social media and let me know what record you want to hear for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, for this one, I figure we go you know, to our Canadian roots for this one. This one is a classic record from none other than Mr. Maestro Fresh West. And this one is entitled Stick to Your Vision. So when we come back, we still do have the Wanks of the Week. So once again, this is Cool Radio. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. Once again, that was my man, Maestro Fresh West, with Stick to Your Vision. Once again, this is your man, DM Cool, with Cool Radio. And we still got my man, LC, the artist in the building. Yeah, yeah. And we're about to close everything off. I know you guys were kind of expecting that we do that about like 20 minutes ago, but the conversation <laughs> was too real, ladies and gents. So on that note, we're going to end it off by saying this. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Wankster of the Week. Yes, yes, y'all. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than... It's not even a celebrity either, but nonetheless, she's tied to a celebrity. Uh, The Wankster of the Week goes to none other than Quantasia Sharpton. Now, if you don't know that name, (laughs) if you don't know that name, then that is one of the accusers of Usher Raymond. Uh, She is yet another accuser who is accusing him of potentially giving him uh, or giving him giving her an STD, herpes to be exact. Now, I say potentially because she actually had the balls, pun intended, to go out on a press conference, uh, and she was accompanied by a woman by the name of Lisa Bloom, who's a very popular celebrity lawyer, and basically stated uh, to a press conference that she had slept to Usher and that she had thought, keyword, thought, that she had contracted the STD from him, but later proved that she was not contracted with the STD, but nonetheless still went through the emotional despair and pain and suffering for thinking that she had the the um, the the herpes and what have you. So now, because that has come out, now a lot of people are questioning as to whether or not you actually had sexual relations <clears throat> with Usher Raymond. 
And I wouldn't be surprised that if Usher really wanted to go out and put out a counter lawsuit for defamation of character, that he would do it. In fact, from what I've read, he is actually planning on putting out a counter lawsuit for defamation of character, which puts her character in jeopardy because now you're lying about being with a celebrity. Now, I also bring that up because of the fact that it was also uh, reported that there is a lady who goes by the name of Faye or or also known as Famulus because she has a blog called Famulus.com, she actually put out a report saying that this person is a celebrity chaser. Now, in her words, uh, she basically said that she has tried to scam other celebrities such, such as August Alsina, Kurt Cobain, and Keith Powers, to name a few. In fact, she actually made up a rumor stating that her and Keith Powers were in a one-and-a-half-year relationship and that August Alsina was, uh, gave her twins or was supposed to give her twins or something to that extent, basically. Now, this woman, um, Quintasia, is 21 years old and has three kids. And She's also, 21? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. Americans age horrible. Yeah, right? Jeez. You're <laughs> Yo. like, like, they say black don't crack, but there's shatters, man, half yeah. the time. It's oh crazy. God. Nonetheless, this is what was stated. And basically, what is happening right now is um, people have been tracing her tweets and what have you and basically saying how she – Basically, want to do this as a money come up because instead of one of her tweets that she's mad broke or whatever, and then a week later she does this. So you do this, you hold a big press conference, you have one of the biggest celebrity lawyers in America, and then you're you're making up all these rumors. So that leads us to believe that this is a cash grab. Now we don't know if Usher has an STD or not. A lot of people are alleging that he does, but whether he does or doesn't, I'm giving this person the wankster because of the fact that she tried to hop on a wave. She tried to hop on a wave, <laughs> and because of her horrible track record, it failed and it failed miserably. So, boo-boo, if you're listening to this, you got to clean up your dirt. Like, you can't be saying, oh, I'm broke seven days ago, and then now all of a sudden you're doing a press conference to announce that you're announcing to the world that Usher did not give you STDs, but he gave you the fear of possibly getting an STD when we don't even know if you even slept with the man or not. On top of that, the other people who are accusing him of giving him STD. They don't even have their faces out. Yeah, they're, they're hiding. They're hiding. Yeah. So that should tell you something that you're being fraudulent. We don't believe you need more people. <laughs> so on that note, I'm giving you the wankster of the week, honey boo boo. Do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. I'm going to drop it on you one more time just like this. LC, your thoughts on this, please. Um. Yeah, I've seen, I seen her... Uh, I mean, humans are shallow <laughs> uh-huh. sometimes, and I think uh, even when you talk to people, you have yeah. to be realistic, and uh-huh. that didn't seem like a realistic situation. Right. I did read an article that I guess one of the women at the hotel said that they came and checked in together. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It sounded kind of crazy. Yeah. A little um, cray-cray. But, yeah, she deserves that. Yeah. <laughs> For real, man. Because even these other ones that are hiding their faces and stuff, it's like, I feel like if he does have herpes, uh-huh. I feel like one of those girls set him up, yeah. had herpes, but uh-huh. didn't get it diagnosed yet, Ooh. gave it to him, and yeah. using him as a scapegoat so she can make money. It's possible, yeah. Because when you're a celebrity, you're always at risk yeah. of somebody trying to like, like frame trap you. you, basically. Yeah. But even on Usher's end, he needs a little bit of accountability because that, even though that could be the case, if you're if you're having sex with a groupie, strap up, man. Like yeah. I like I know it doesn't feel as good as a real one, but like when you are at a celebrity I'm not level, lie, you gotta keep that in mind at all times. You have to. You <laughs> have to, man. Like and if, he's not he hasn't been saying anything. 
The, the, Which I think is actually smart on his end. It is? Yeah. But that's why I'm so curious. I'm like, ooh, what's going on? Because yeah. I really have no idea, like, does he have it, but, like, he didn't get it from her? Yeah. Or... I think the less he says until everything is gathered up, yeah. the better for him. Like, he, he's literally in... Social media makes it so hard. I, I, if I was a celebrity in his position yeah. and some shit like this came out on me, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. These memes are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be attacking, I think. I don't know. But <laughs> his, again, I he, would stay away from social media if I, if I were him. Yeah, you can't look at it. You yeah. can't look at it. He comes from an era where they have media training. Yeah. So you're, you learn how to have that social media presence. You learn how to just interact with the public. Right. You right. have a PR that is actually doing your job. <laughs> To make sure that you know how to speak in front of people, right, right. And if that was, if that was, give that that same position to somebody like Yachty or like any of these young guys coming up, yeah, Uzi, any of them, like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a totally different. Give that to Meek Mill, right. Let some girls uh-huh. say that they got herpes from Meek Mill. Yeah, he's going in oh, on his yeah. page, and then he's gonna delete it, and yeah. then Chris Brown, he'll go in, delete oh, God, it. He's the worst. Yeah, like they're a mess. Like, yeah, so. Usher's definitely doing the right thing by not saying anything, mm-hmm. but I am curious as to how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of exciting for me because yeah. I'm not involved. Of course, I want to know what happens. Respectators. I almost want to bet money on it. Like, <laughs> what's it over it? under? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely crazy, man. So hopefully he gets out stuff worked out, man. Yeah. But nonetheless, we've reached the end of the show. Finally, at long last, um, Elsie, where can the people reach you? Elsie, uh, the artist. So it's E L C E E T H E A R T I S T. You can search it on Google. You can search it on any social media platform. If you don't find me on on one, find me on like Instagram or something. Let me know to sign up for that one. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just I just happen to not be on there. Right. But I try to keep all my my names like unified to a point where you yeah, can find which it. Is easy, yeah, exactly. Which I'm working on right now, actually. <laughs> which reminds me, you can follow me on our new Instagram account at Cool Radio CC. You can also follow us on Cool uh, or on uh, SoundCloud at Cool underscore Radio to catch any past podcasts. Catch us on Facebook at Cool Radio CC for the fan page, and then uh, catch us on YouTube at Cool Radio CC for the YouTube clips and what have you. Elsie, um, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. You know you're welcome to come through anytime. <laughs> and as for you guys listening, uh, we do have a show coming up next week, so I will keep you locked in as far as whether or not we do have a guest. But nonetheless, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.